0: Whenever uh, I hear a phone ring during Mass, uh, I don't get irritated uh, because it's one of those things I, I'm i fully conscious of. I forgot if I ate breakfast this morning. How's that? Yeah? So we were processing down for the opening hymn and someone's phone starts ringing. And I'm like, oh, that poor person. It was me. Uh, I had it in my I had it in my pocket. So I, I literally felt bad for me. Uh, and I just... I want you to know that. Um, uh, Jonah, the church gives us an abbreviated version of the story, and I get why, right? It connects it really well with our gospel, but it's kind of funny if you know the story of Jonah. And it's even a little more messed up if you know the history of it. That here's this guy, he's a religious Jew from Judea. And what he knows is God said, look, I'm going to destroy Nineveh in 40 days and you need to go warn them. And his first response is, of course, Lord. And then he goes the opposite direction. Yeah, do you know this one? You know this, right? Do you know why he did that? That was the capital city of the empire that had just destroyed Jerusalem. His home. His home, the place where the, right, the Jews don't have, like us, where there's a church everywhere. They have one temple. And it got destroyed. And God tells Jonah, go to the capital city of the people who just ruined your life and tell them to repent. And Jonah knows God. He knows how this story's going to end. So he gets out of there. And you know this story, a lot of crazy stuff happens. Uh, He ends up in the belly of a fish, uh, saying to the Lord, fine, in very religious language, yeah, Uh, fine. You can look it up, don't. So the fish, gotta love this, spits him up on the beach, and he starts walking through Nineveh. Nineveh was a huge city, the largest city in the Western world at that time. And it takes four days to walk through there. And so he walks through there and he does something really interesting. He preaches to them in Hebrew. And you might be thinking, oh, in Nineveh they speak Hebrew? No, they do not speak Hebrew uh, in Nineveh. He does the worst possible job and he does it reluctantly. And you ready for the kicker? It worked. Jonah's the worst, yeah? He's the contractor you hire, uh, and then later you decide, I can't quite get rid of him, I may have to kill him, right? Uh, Because your house is all tore up and nothing's done, yeah? Jonah's the worst. And by the way, the other part we didn't read is the Lord sees, oh my gosh, they repented. Oh my me, I guess he said. Uh, They repented, And so he doesn't destroy the city. And Jonah yells at God. See, I knew it. I knew it. I knew you would forgive them. I don't want you to forgive them. I want that city destroyed. And the Lord's answer is, I don't really care what you want. Yeah. I want to save as many people as I can. I love so much about that. I do, of course, I love the merciful God because I'm the city that should be destroyed. We all are. We have done bad things. We have hurt good people. But in the midst of it, the Lord's going, no, my goal is to get you home. My goal is to save. There was an interesting discussion about heaven and I couldn't believe how many people it was on one of these online things were saying, "Well, we don't want everyone in heaven. What about the people that hurt me?" And I tried telling them, "Someone's saying that about you." You know, uh, they. What about justice? I don't want justice. I want mercy. How about you? I remember a priest in seminary telling us, "Oh, be careful about praying for justice. Pray for mercy." Pray for mercy. The second thing I like is that Jonah knew God. Man, He, he knew God. He's God's frenemy. That's the term uh, I, I heard. He knew how this story would end. And he says it. I knew what would happen. You'd forgive these jerks. And I don't want you to forgive them. I want them destroyed. Jonah hid nothing from the Lord because he knew he couldn't. There's no use in trying to hide what we feel or think from the Lord. The, the sin is when we hide, when we pretend we can hide it. So he does what anyone else should. Lord, here's what's on my heart and mind. You fix it now. Yeah. He knows the Lord. For you and I, there's a lot of comfort, and I gotta say, the Lord's timing is so weird. Um, just the other day, I can't remember if it's in this week's bulletin or next week. Again, I don't know if I had breakfast today. But I wrote about how much trouble uh it, well in a there's 25,000 Catholic priests in the whole country the whole country yeah there's more actuaries in Michigan yeah than there are priests in this country and then hearing about two of my brothers being very very sick I, the same thing always happens in my heart I get scared what are we gonna do Lord what are we gonna do and you know It's a powerful thing to think about. And this is what I preached a lot on yesterday. I'm going easy on you today. You can be bad at your job. You can. As a Christian, I think objectively, we're all bad at our jobs. And it still works. It still works. He doesn't need your perfection. Strive for that perfection. But you and I rip off God. We rip off the world and we rip off ourselves when we hold back in our faith because of our fears. Well, I'm I'm not gonna be a very good Christian witness. Jonah was awful at it, right? Objectively, but it worked. And why did it work? Because God wants it to. Again, look at our gospel. Jesus is walking by some dudes fishing. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That doesn't usually work. I've tried, yeah? I was over at Kroger, you know. Uh, they asked me to leave. Um, can you imagine just some cat walking up to you? Hey, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. No, I'll, I'll stay here. You could you go. But it worked because God wanted it to. Those men, as you saw, they left their nets. They left their jobs. They left everything they knew. Because he said to. You and I need to grow in confidence that God has got this. And by this, I mean you and me. And our job is to be as faithful as we know how and to trust that he's gonna take care of the results. And he won't say, look, you had the right program. I'm gonna bless this. He's gonna look at our hearts. He's gonna look at our our, our desire for our lives to do good in the name of Jesus Christ. So when it comes to our work, when it comes to our families, when it comes to strangers, we need to be fearless in proclaiming our Christianity and not worry. Again, well, I'm not good at Christianity. One guy was good at it and we killed him. But God is good at it. And if you and I... Simply say the truth of God as we see it with as much love as we can, it will work. So today, we thank the Lord that He calls us, because He kind of shouldn't. We're bad at this, but we're good at it because of Him. We will, by God's grace, cling to our Lord and, as best we can, live this Christian life very publicly by our words and our actions and in that we can trust that it does more good than we could ever know. So I thank the Lord that he's that powerful. That sure helps us out a lot. And I thank the Lord that he calls us Jonas, that he calls us disciples, every one of us here. And he says, just come follow me and trust that he can get with the results. This Eucharist we're about to receive is one of the many and the strongest source of grace that we can ever receive. So let's receive it well. And let's commit ourselves. I'm going to follow him. Amen? Amen. Okay.